we're off. Thanks for tuning in today, we entertain the village and talk about shit we stole, hey it's rage and pillage, interviewing all the players, every place we feel it, reminiscing on the days that we made a killing, burly, go chill me, got the Viking mindset, bring the minds to your buildings, leaving fire behind us, a reminder, we drink till the drink diminish, give a fuck what you think, came to rage and pillage. We are back. Rage and Pillage Podcast. What's up, everybody? How's it going? Ah, fucking, I'm your host, Burley. As always, I'm joined by uh, this beautiful man right here. The vibe curator. Uh-huh. The frequency elevator. Yep. Black Brother Thunder. Mm-hmm. The Chocolate Boy Wonder. Josh is here. What's up, brother? Man, I was I was waiting to see Ralph's face on that one. <laughs> <laughs> And, uh, That's great, man. I'm yeah. great. I'm excited. I'm ready to be here. Hell yeah! I mean, I'm excited for our guest tonight. We have a uh-huh. uh, we have podcast royalty in the fucking house tonight. Goodness gracious! Come yeah. on, now, guys. Uh, host of the uh, SDR podcast, which I'm a huge fan of. Good Sugar, owner of Gas Digital, um, goddamn marathoner. So half marathoner. <laughs> half I don't like a half marathoner. I always have to feel <laughs> that I have to create, make sure that people don't. Uh, Give me credit I don't deserve. <laughs> Ralph Sutton's here. How you doing, man? Good. How you guys doing? Doing I'm so glad great. we finally got this to work out. It took way too fucking long, and I apologize. No, it's on me, man. Uh, My house fucking flooded back when everybody up north was laughing at Texas, and uh, that was it. You know, <laughs> Had to shut down the show for a little bit. Oh, but, welcome uh, back. I like oh, the yeah. arm. The, the road arm is fancy. You spent some money on that, my friend. What's that? The road arm. The, uh, oh, the, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. 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 Nothing but the best, I guess. But <laughs> but uh, I, I kind of want to talk about that because you, out of nowhere, it seemed like maybe the last year or so, would you say, that you started running pretty heavily? Two years ago. Yeah, okay. two years ago. Well, I started when I was 50. I'm going to be 53 in about four months and uh, three months, whatever it is. And I had never run in my life, but I was gotten, had gotten, I gained about 85 pounds, 90 pounds, something like that. And I just knew I needed to make a change. And it took me a long time. And today I ran comfortably 40% faster than I ran when I first started. Like the, the first time I ran a mile, it was a 14 minute mile and I was so wow. proud of myself. And now I'm I've ran a nine minute mile, which is wild. And yeah. I can do them sustained for, you know, I, the fastest I've done so far is I did uh, six, six miles and under a 10 minute mile, which is crazy to me. It's hard. Wow. Believe. I can't, uh, I can't imagine yeah. running a mile, much less fucking yeah. six 10 minute mile, <laughs> less I mean, than a 10 more. minute mile. It's wild. It is wild. It shows you that your body wants to fucking adapt. You know, it, right. it does. And uh, I've lost like 60 pounds, 70 pounds already. Still got some to go, but uh, it's wild how it, uh, how it changed. It is no matter fucking what I run. I don't care if it's raining, snowing, five degrees, 105 degrees. Fuck it. I am going out there and no getting shit. it done. That is fucking determination right there. It's horrible. A couple months ago, well, sorry, no, last, last winter, I went to go drink water. I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with my water bottle? <laughs> it has frozen over. Fucking crazy. <laughs> just, I would just get a Jeez. treadmill, I guess, but I guess it's not the same, right? It's so boring, number yeah. one. And number two, you get much hotter because you think about it, you're sitting in your own stink. Like, you're just there, and when you're running it, you leave it behind. You know? oh, Especially okay. if you're like, 
if you're like me and you fart a lot when you run, you don't want to be sitting <laughs> yeah. in that shit. I mean, well, see, you're you're a tall, you're what six 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 five somewhere in there. Somewhere, if I'm being exact, six five and a half. But yeah, somewhere in between six five so, and six. Wow. Eight. So the running does that fuck with your knees at all, man? It, I forever thought you I could never do it, but I started really focusing on the um the recovery side of it, you know. So I stretch and I get uh do massages and make sure that I don't run two days in a row. And in the beginning, it would hurt. I'd go to bed and I'd feel pain in my legs. But now, I mean, even after the half marathon that I did in Iceland a couple of weeks ago, I was fine. Did you say fine. Iceland? I ran a half marathon in Iceland uh, about a month wow. ago. Wow. Yeah. What, why That's Iceland? Awesome. What, what made you choose Iceland? You know, I just so it's how God, it's so whatever. I just like now the idea of a trip with purpose instead of just going to party somewhere or going yeah. to get drunk somewhere. And you see a place the way you'd never see it before. Running, I ran around the perimeter of Reykjavik in oh, Iceland, shit. which is the, the capital city. And I'm at least fucking six times while I was running, I said to myself, Jesus Christ, that's beautiful. Like you <laughs> yeah. see, like it was, it was wild. So that, so I, my goal now is to do that at least three or four times next year to run a half in a different country. Was, that's awesome. Is everybody in Iceland about your height? First of all, the girls in Iceland are ridiculously fucking hot. Oh, I to the that. point, this is how much human garbage I am. All right. If you know me at all, <laughs> I am fucking human garbage. I went with a girl that also ran with me, right? Yeah. But the fucking girl that was working the, the reception at the hotel was so beautiful that I made a note of her name and I was contemplating calling the hotel <laughs> when I came back to hit on her and then. Only because I ran it by a few friends that said, no, 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 you can't do that. It's too psychopathic. So I, I, I bowed out. But I was going, had I not run it by two people, I was doing that. Have you done something like that in the past? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I don't give a shit. I'm, I don't, it, the only reason why I didn't was because I was with a girl. If I wasn't with a girl, I would have done it. Game on. Hell yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, also because I, used to, I, I had a people running my Instagram and... um. I told them the only rule is do not look at my DMs because it's embarrassing. All it is is me fucking throwing it out at every fucking girl. And I'll say, I'll know if you've seen them. I'll, it'll show me if you saw it. You, you, you'll be fired immediately because it's so fucking embarrassing to me. But that's what I do. The worst thing that happens, a girl ignores you or says, no, thanks. I had one girl say, thank you, but you're way too old for me. I'm like, all right, what are you going to do? Yeah, there we go. It is what it is. Yeah. <laughs> well, what's your, what's your go-to? Do you have a go-to like... A lot of guys will just send the fire emoji in the DM. No, that'll get you nothing. The reason yeah. why is that you, you need to ask something. You need to give them something to something respond to. to. What yeah, you're going to look at. Yeah. And so usually it's something off of maybe something they posted or it might even be as innocuous as, hey, you doing anything fun this weekend for the holiday? Whatever the fuck, That's, you know, but uh, uh, try to do something that requires a response. And then I've talked about this a lot, so I apologize. But Oh, sorry. If a month goes by and you see that they haven't seen it yet, because it'll show seen on Instagram, uh -huh. delete it because they'll never know you sent it, resend it, and then you're back at the top of their inbox. No, sh God damn it. Mm. Okay, I could use this Taking one when I'm trying to find Taking guests. <laughs> it's so horrible. And I, I get every time I talk about it on shows, people are like, you fucking piece of shit. Nice. I'm, I'm a single man and I make, and I'm very open about it. I know that it's fucking creepy, but. And this day, I don't go to bars or nightclubs. I'm too old for that shit. So, and if you go out at night to a bar or a nightclub, 
Maybe you'll see three girls that you find attractive in an amazing night. You've seen three single girls that you can hit on. Uh, while I'm taking a shit right before I came on here, I hit I hit on five girls. That's the move. You know? Yeah. Well, I mean, I, it, it, it amazed me because I was I was going back and listening to some other episodes of, of different podcasts you were on, and you were talking about some some chick was into fivesomes and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Like, that's a that was dream. a wild that, year. That, that, it was a, a wild year of my life. That was a, and that was. Uh, I was, it was funny because she, I met her, you know how I met her, which is crazy. I met that chick from Craigslist. This is how long ago. Way back. Wow. It was like 15 years ago. Because I've been in this apartment 12 years. It was almost when I was getting ready to leave that last apartment. And by the way, the amount of times that this has worked where you tell a girl something stupid, like, hey, why don't you just get a hot girlfriend and let's all go to, let's go out for dinner. Right. Or let me take you and your girl. If it's going nowhere with a girl. And you say that the worst thing that'll happen is it's still going nowhere with that girl. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Fuck it. Yeah. But that girl, I had met her on Craigslist. We were DMing back and forth or at that time texting and um, it wasn't going anywhere. And I just threw that out there. And then she said, all right. And then that's what led to a year of threes, fours and fivesomes with her and her and girls that she would go find on her own. Just I'd be and and just talking. And bring him back. I was just talking to a friend of mine, uh, and I hate to name drop, but literally just got phone with her because we were talking about it the other day. There's an actress that I've known since I'm 17. Her name is Jennifer Esposito, kind yes. of a somewhat famous actress. She won uh, Oscar and Crash. And a few other things. <clears throat> but um, I was with her once, and we were having dinner, and he goes, what are you doing? Tonight? I'm not going to go home and go to sleep. And I went home, and then she said, oh, how was your night? I said, you're not going to believe this. Uh, the chick, I forgot her name, now, called me and said, get up. I'm coming over with two girls. And I ended up having a threesome. She's like, what? I couldn't believe it. But that's, that girl would happen with that girl for, it was, it was like God gave me a gift for a year of heaven. It was wild. What, what makes me laugh the most is you're like, I can't even remember the girl's name. I'm like, she would have a shrine in my house. <laughs> it is also, it is 15 years ago and I'm fucking old. So I'd know, be praying to her, just bring her back. Fuck it. It was wild. That's, it was pretty wild time. Fucking hilarious. All right. So let's, let's dive back in. To the uh, to let's let's actually just go back in time. We should say it's fucking New York or born and raised, right? Brooklyn, New York, born and raised. Yes. When do you get into? I guess how, how show business. I, I know you didn't go jump right into radio, right? Right. So what's interesting, and uh, my publicist is trying to make a story out of this, making more out of it than it is. But I always kind of like gravitated towards entertainment a little bit in yeah. that. When I, I used to be a nightclub promoter when I was like 15, 16, 17 mm-hmm. for underage clubs in New York. There used to be a thing where clubs were like teen nights and teen clubs. They don't really do that too much more, I don't think. Mm-hmm. Or at least if they do, they won't let me in, you know, but um, <laughs> for, for several reasons. Yeah. <laughs> but I became a nightclub promoter. And then like whenever they needed someone to go on stage and make announcements or, oh, you got to get on the mic and say this, I would just always be the one to do it. I didn't care. None of that ever being on stage never made me nervous, you know? Nice. So I always did that. And my mom, when I was in my late mid to late teens, I think she did it from when I was like 12 to like 18 or something. She ran comedy clubs in New York and she booked a lot of comics and guys that became huge, like Chris Rock and Ray Romano and Larry David and Gilbert Gottfried. They were all playing there when I was a kid and it was cheaper than a babysitter to go sit in the back when I was 12 or 13 and watch these shows she managed Mario Cantone for a while. She's still wow. very close to uh, Susie Essman, who is Susie Green on Curb Your Enthusiasm. And she talks to Joy Behar almost every day. All these people that she worked with. So 
So I would see that too. And I have to imagine it's it seeped into me osmosisly a little bit, that idea of working in that business. But then from nightclubs, I transitioned to rock clubs and running rock clubs in New York City. And that's when I became friends with a lot of these like 80s rock bands from then. And then I was a strip club DJ for a very long time. Yeah. As well as went to restaurant cooking school and ran a restaurant here in New York for a while. And then at some point at the strip club, I met a guy who was a DJ and who was also a radio guy. Nice. And I said to him, I'll help you with this shit. You get me an audition over there. And he went and he brought in his program director and they gave me uh, a shot. And that's how I started in radio was doing overnights for six hours in the morning, an hour and a half, two hours from my apartment. Did you recognize, did you recognize at a young age, you had like a pretty powerful voice and yeah, I always knew that I, so the way I, even as a young age, um, I had a deep voice, but not as deep as it is now, but even at 13, 14, I would call my dad's office and they would think it was him. <laughs> right. <laughs> and I thought it was wild. That, and then as I got a little older, like 17, 18, people would always say, Oh my God, you, you should do radio. You have a voice for radio. Oh my God, you should do radio. And so it, it, also, I had a, a love for radio and I took classes in college in Albany to be a radio guy. And it was so fun until I realized at the time, oh, I don't get to pick the songs. Like I thought I oh. could pull whatever music I wanted. And when I found that I couldn't, I had to play their playlist. I never did a shift. I did all the training <laughs> and when the training, they let you play whatever you want. And then when I was my first shift, I'm like, no, 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 you got to play from the, the, the list. And I'm like, oh, that's not fun. Fun. Horseshit. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I never did a shift on radio, but I was then I was doing nightclub promoting right at the same time as that. Yeah. And so then I really got into nightclub promote promotion in New York City. There's there's documentaries about this nightclub called the Limelight, which yes. was a church. And I was a DJ and a promoter there. And then a very famous club called the Palladium, which held seven thousand people. I was part of their first in-house promotion team. So I worked in that space for a few years. And then rock and then strip clubs. And the reason why I was at strip clubs was that Limelight, they had a thing called Rock and Roll Church Sunday nights. It was like the big night for rock music in New York City. And I was a DJ and a promoter there. And every stripper within a 50-mile radius would come because they might they wanted to potentially blow Axl Rose in the VIP room if he was there. So they God all damn. came in, you know? And so I became friendly with all these strippers and, and strip club DJs. And when the the night when they fired my bro, my my friend and I, Alan. A, a DJ I knew said, he said, a manager, like, dude, you know all the girls at the club. Just come work for a year. And that's how I started in a strip club. Okay. That is, is fucking wild. Is, is strip clubs. <clears throat> I had a buddy who's a strip club DJ and he talked about like, after you fucked all the hot ones, it kind of sucks as a job. Is that true? hundred percent. So okay. I worked at a time <laughs> when I was, I was making crazy fucking money. This money doesn't exist anymore, at least to my knowledge. Yeah. Right. It used to be, you got paid about 20 bucks minimum per girl as a tip. You didn't a have a salary. Out. Right. And the clubs I worked at had like a hundred girls a night, sometimes more. And $20 was what's minimum tip out. So minimum meant minimum as in, I don't play your fucking music. I don't give you a great intro. I just put you on stage. That's my requirement. And you got to give me 20 bucks. If you want Damn. anything Extra special, fuck then you got to be nice to me. And some girls would give you as much as $100, $150 to be taken off stage when their customer came in, to be their favorite music on stage, whatever. So I averaged about 40 bucks, 35, 40 bucks a girl. 
So I was making it. A bad night was a thousand dollars for that's me. That's fucking was, solid. And I was yeah. twenty-two. This is nineteen ninety-two money. You know, so that's probably Damn. equivalent of like four thousand dollars cash today. I would imagine. So that was wild. You know, that was a wild time. And so at one point, though, not only yes, I, I was having spoon-fed vagina for sure. <laughs> yeah, great. You know, <laughs> but it is a fucking toxic environment. Not just the the. The, the drugs, which I never really do any drugs and the drinking, but everybody that's at a strip club, and I'm sorry to say this, but from the dancers to the customers to the employees, you are not there because that was your first choice. Right, if right, right. Yeah. If you're in a happy marriage and things are great, you're not going to a strip club to look at other girls. If you are doing right. great in a job, you're not thinking, let me go somewhere where guys are going to grope me all night. It's just, it's not where... The healthy people are. It's a toxic environment. I remember a girl once saying to me, I'm never going to get married. Every guy here is married and miserable. I'm like, your sample size is skewed. <laughs> it's only fucking guys here. You know, so I finally was thrilled that it was hard to leave because where else are you going to make that kind of money? I remember right. saying, what am I going to go work a 45 hour week and make half of what I make in a night? How do you fucking do that? So I slowly transitioned out from four days to three days to two days to one day and started working in other things, restaurants and then radio. And it, thankfully, the, the one night a week at the strip club at the time was enough to pay my rent because I was making $6 an hour in radio. I Dude. couldn't do that if I wasn't working in a strip club. Wait, so you had, okay, so you're working radio and working a full shift at a restaurant? I was working radio, full shift, and a strip club. At one point, I was God working. Damn it, dude. <laughs> it was crazy. I was like, it was like 90 hours a week at one point, but it was the craziest was one of the nights I'd work uh, midnight to six in the morning in radio for six dollars an hour and then drive the 90 minutes, two hours direct to the uh, restaurant damn. and start my eight in the morning shift <laughs> and just do my shift. It was horrible. See, that would make oh, me develop yeah. a drug habit for yeah. sure. I didn't. I never so. did any drugs. Either. I remember once <laughs> I was telling a guy I went to Vegas last week and I was impressed. This is maybe 15 years ago. I met a chick on a, one of the cruises I was hosting, right? Mm -hmm. And we, she's not supposed to give me a number, but she gave me a number. Like, great. We I said, all right, we're going to Vegas. Hot, like 23 year old. I was probably 40. And I said, all right, Ralph, you got to fucking suck it up and act like you love partying <laughs> yeah. for two nights. You just got to do it for two nights. So I get there and we stayed. I, we got at the airport. We threw our bags in the room and we were out till five, six in the morning. And I actually would fake it. It's like, she's like, like, you want to go to the next club? She's like, no, no, we can go home. I was like, are you sure? And inside I'm like, oh my God, thank fucking God. I'm gonna die. <laughs> but I did that stands any drugs. I've never, only once especially with the money that you were making with it too. Yeah. Right? That's why I saved. I tried to save as much as possible, you know, and, uh, only time I do drugs now is once a year on SDR show. I try a fucking drug and that's it. Every time it's a drug. I've, cause I've never done any drugs. It's a drug for my first time live on the show. That's it. I know you said you hated all the ones you tried, but if you had to do one again. Oh, a hundred percent whippets. Oh, yeah, that, that's the one. Huh? Cause it's, so fa it's fast, right? It's over. It's fast. Yeah. I was addicted to that feeling when I went to the dentist, I used to ask him to do it. <laughs> For cleanings, when I would just get a cleaning, can I get the gas? And I love that feeling. And you feel pretty uh, sober. I'll pay extra for it. Yeah, I would. I definitely would. One of my friends still does it to this day. He has one dentist that will give him gas. I don't even know you can still get that anymore. But I love also that, you know, even if you do a lot of it, a half hour later, you feel fine. You feel yeah, fine. Yeah. You're not, so you're that's, not. What, that's what I would say. All the other drugs, the problem with drugs, they last too fucking long. I don't want anything <laughs> lasting that long.
Yeah. Oh, I'm I'm the total opposite. I love it all. I love it all. Huh. <laughs> I'm just I'm just like him though. I've never done I've never done any drugs. And I also realize because I get a lot of shit on this, but yes, I'm trying all these drugs in the worst possible environment. <laughs> yeah, Live yeah, on air, nice. trying to keep it together. But I, I just know that I don't I'm not made for it. Everybody's wired differently. I'm just not made yeah. for it. What's what's next on the list to try? So TJ Miller, you know, we, we did whippets with him. He had a different drug with him that he wanted us to try. I can't think of the name, but he said it also only lasts about 15 minutes. And it was like a happy, mild high. It was like a, a, a leaf or something. I forget the name. It had some weird name like Chook Chook or something. I was some never weird heard of that drug. Shit. And I said, TJ, I'm not doing two drugs. I'm not fucking doing that. Let's, <laughs> so we're going to do that one next. I think that's going to be what I'm going to do next year. But then at that point, I will be 53 and change. How many more drugs am I going to fucking do? Like I, was, I, mean, I already thought I was going to die when I did cocaine at 50. You know, that my first time. <laughs> and I, my psychopathic mind was like, well, at least this episode will go viral if I die. That, that's that's one of the questions I want to ask you. Like, I, I know you've done some wild things, especially in the early days of SDR. Fucking, yeah. are, are you the kind of guy that's like, fuck it, anything for the bit? A hundred percent. I'm definitely yeah, except, that guy as well. We did a ridiculous episode a few weeks ago in my apartment here. I'm in my, uh, where Gas Digital started in this room, but um, with girls squirting in, I think it was like a squirt competition, yeah. right? And they were really just peeing. Let's be honest. This one was like, they didn't even have to play with themselves. They just came out like, you were peeing. It's fine. Whatever. But one of the, one of the, uh, it was, they peed in cups or bowls rather, because it takes up, we had to put wee wee pee pads on. We did whatever. And we, we weighed them. We smelled them. And then Jay, who is always wants to take it one step further, wanted to taste them. And I knew if I do this, I am going to vomit. And I haven't thrown up in like, um, it'll be 35 years. I have not thrown up. I have a, a phobia of vomiting. Right. And, um, I like just did verbal diarrhea of changing the conversation on anything <laughs> until Jay's because Jay was high. We went off another direction. I'm like, well, thank God I don't have to fucking do that because I wouldn't say oh. no because of the bit. If it's yeah. for the bit, I'm going to do it. But I said, let me just try and get us out of this because I don't want to have to not do it. Oh, that's but like, he never did. Well, we didn't do it. Yeah, we yeah, changed you, the topic. Yeah, y'all, y'all are a thank lot. God. You're cleverer than I am. Somebody says it. I'm like, fuck it. Let's go. Here we go. You know. <laughs> oh my god. I was but now I, I have it here somewhere. I don't know where it is. But you know that stupid pie in the face game. Yeah. It's like so. We're gonna put the squirt. No. In the, and no. One of us, that's, that's, that's coming soon. Oh shit. Fuck yeah. I'm literally testing the machine out today to see how much water it can do easily so that we can set it up for, for the wow. game. That's hilarious. I like how you have to do R and D on these games. Um, <laughs> <So ridiculous. laughs> um, all right. So we're, we're jumping all over the place. So you, you're, you're working radio, you're working at, um, you're, you're working the at the restaurant, restaurant game yeah. and, 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 uh, how do you end up in doing syndicate? Like you syndicated to like a hundred yeah. fucking stations. We're on about a hundred stations. Yeah. So we started doing, uh, it's as wild. It was 10 to midnight on Sundays at a small <laughs> station up in, in Jersey. If I even forget the name of the fuck, uh, W N N J, I think it was in Sussex, New Jersey, about 90 minutes to two hours from my house. And we did 10 to midnight at the time. It was called modern classics. And the idea was it was, I was 30 something. I think it was 30. And it was my, the rock I grew up on at the time. I loved, you know, playing Guns N' Roses and Van Halen and Bon Jovi and Motley Crue and blah, blah, blah. And no radio station that became toxic to play that 
at the end of the 90s or early 2000s. Nobody, that music stopped existing. But I knew when I played it at a strip club, people went fucking crazy for it. So I knew there was an audience for it. So I pitched the idea to this station that I was doing overnights on. I'd only done like maybe six or seven overnights. And I suggested this. They said, well, get someone who knows what they're fucking doing in radio and we'll let you do it. So I talked to the guy that I knew from the strip club. We started doing it. And after the first, what they call like ratings book, I wanted, I was hoping, and I could tell it was making a difference in that when we first started, we would get no phone calls. By the end of that first few months, the phones were busy all night. Granted, there was only three phone lines, but like literally right. you answer the call, hung up, another call came in. You answer, it, was, it was all night. People making requests, people <laughs> saying they love the show, blah, blah, blah. But the ratings came out and we did not budge the listenership at all. Really? Right? And I was like, that's fucking crazy. I really felt like we did. And the program, was like, the program director says, look, I'll let you stay on the air because I like the show. But yeah, the ratings didn't do anything. In radio, very commonly, there's clusters. So there was six radio stations in this building. And the country guy came over and goes, hey, how'd you guys do in the ratings? And I said, ah, unfortunately, nothing. I don't know why, but uh, at least we get to keep the show. And he says, there's no way that's fucking true. He breaks into the program director's office. He prints out the rating. And we went from last place to first place. No shit. And we quadrupled what they call the TSL, time spent listening. So that means that it was now a viable property for the radio station. And he didn't want us to know that because then he felt that we would either want more money or we would do what we did, which was I took those ratings. I went to the biggest rock station, New Jersey, and said, look what we did. We want to do it here. And so we left this crappy station in the middle of nowhere and went to the biggest rock station in Jersey, which was WDHA. And then we changed the name of the show. And that's when the tour bus started in, in uh, August of, two th- of, of 99. We started that show, right? And then six months later, the ratings happened again where we jumped to the top of the ratings. And I started looking around for these syndicated shows that were being shopped to the station. And I just mocked it. And I made it look like our show was bigger than it was. <laughs> and I sent it to a bunch of uh, syndication companies. And then one of them picked us up. And that's how it started. That's fucking awesome. That's, yeah. At the risk of at the risk of getting too nerdy on this shit, fuck it. It's my show. Um, how how are how are listeners done in radio? How do they judge that? How's that? So in in the beginning, it's still I don't can't speak for it now, but it is guesswork. It's nowhere okay. near. That's why the the CPM rate for a podcast is mm-hmm. as high as it is. Uh, cost per thousand for those that aren't as geeky about this shit. M being the Roman number for a thousand. Because you know, ex- not even exactly with this, because there's a lot of anomalies in podcasting, right? Right. If the same person, if I download the podcast and give it to a thousand people and they all listen to it, that counts as one listen. That's a problem, right? Yeah. Because there's no way to know once it's downloaded how much it's been listened to, right? Plus, they have these weird IP things. If five people in your uh, building share an IP, it counts as it one counts if as they all listen. Person, so yeah. And it's not a big deal in a rural area, but in an area like Manhattan, there's a chance that several people in a building and you don't doesn't get counted. But in radio, it's really guesswork. It used to be that people filled out fucking diaries, which is ridiculous, like <laughs> yeah, handwritten yeah. diaries. And then they had this thing called people meters where they would wear a device and it would pick up what was being played. And these people do it for like $5, $10. So really it's skewing to a certain demographic that need the $10. Uh... So it's not a real science. I believe I've been out of radio 20 years almost. Now. Right. Well, not really, but 
out of a live radio for a very long time. So I'm sure it's changed, but it was guesswork. It really was just guesswork. And I just went by always when I started seeing people wearing our t-shirts, when I started getting phone calls, when I started seeing that when we did a live event somewhere, I'll never forget in Jersey, the big venue at the time was the Starland Ballroom. And he said, I know when the tour bus is going to do a live event here, a thousand more people will show up than the, than we expect. So they would oh, always shit. want us to be there. Right. And so <laughs> it's nowhere near as scientific, or at least at the time that, uh, podcasting is, but even like Sirius XM, they don't give their hosts the numbers. They know the exact numbers, but Sirius XM hides it from their hosts. So they don't want them to have the, the not the knowledge to negotiate their contract. I think mm. Netflix does the same shit, right? Yeah, they yeah. all do. They all hide their fucking numbers. It's and fucking that's it's shitty. It's a shitty thing. Yeah. But that's why I love podcasting because it, it's pretty honest. And even YouTube, people can so easily fucking buy 10,000 views for a, yeah. a YouTube video. So podcasting is, is pretty accurate, which I, and, you know, as, as close as you can be, I don't think there's a better option right now for exact, for accuracy. Yeah. It's, I, I don't, I use whoever, whatever our host is, you know, as, as what we use for our downloads and stuff, but it's, it seems pretty accurate as far as the States and stuff and the people I talk to and things like that. So, yeah. And then I give it credit because I, I don't know how there, there's always going to be ways to buck systems and there's always going to be inaccuracies yeah. and anomalies. But as far as the, platforms that are out there i think it's probably the best one because like even movies like when you go see a movie it's really just sir it's not every theater that's reporting and they're right. not being super you know so nothing is like super fucking angry. tv's even worse they they used to go by 1100 homes and that was it but it represented the entire Wait, country what? what yeah the nielsen ratings were based on 1100 homes and they would I extrapolate never knew that shit. yeah I, I don't know if they still do that now but that's what it was for years and that's how they the yeah, it's, it's wild it's it's crazy right. That's wild. I never knew that shit. Yeah. So whenever you start blowing up, yeah, how, how do you keep from getting a big head? Oh, I always just think I'm better than everybody else. Oh, like yeah, well, never, never, never <laughs> you got a lot in common, sir. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the truth is, uh, in, in podcasting, if you need anyone to keep you humble, hang out with Big J Okerson for a little while. I mean, oh, I'm sure. All he, all he does is shit on me all day long. But, <laughs> no, you know, um, the radio show... When we, we got to about 100 stations, right? And there was a time where I'm like, oh, it was after I did Queer Eye for the Straight Guy, the, the show blew up, right? Because everybody wanted the guy from Queer Eye to be on their, now, their, their correct, network. Correct right? me if I'm wrong. It's the number one Queer Most Eye episode. episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah okay. for sure. I was on the reunion two years ago, which was cool also. And um, that blew the show up. That was like, we went from like 25 stations to like 85 stations in like a month. It was great. Um, and that point, I was like, oh, wow, this is going to be something. This is wild. This is really going to matter. That was around 2004. That year or two was, was great. But then problems, there was a, weird, a lot of weird problems that happened. There was a, a, a satellite that fell out of the sky that was <laughs> in, in, by an intentional like decayed orbit. Oh, okay. And then, then we had a switch to completely digital. I mean, a CD delivery at the time and then digital. And then it wasn't the same as being live everywhere. It was, you know, a little different. And then, you know, once that started to dwindle, then all of a sudden Sirius XM started becoming a factor. And then internet started becoming a factor. So I really only had about a year and a half, two years of, oh, wow, this is fucking unbelievable, which right. was like 2004 to like six, seven was amazing. And then the money just started to slowly dwindle, slowly dwindle. 
And I was able to survive on it until about 2013, 14, when I realized, oh, I need to do something else soon or I'm going to be fucking homeless because there's no more money in radio. And that's when Big J suggested we do a podcast together after he did my radio show. And I, my original response to him, which I've said this a lot and I apologize was, you know, podcasting is for people that can't do radio. Why the fuck are you? I appreciate it. But, <laughs> yeah. but then like a year later, I said, yeah, I'll do that with you. We started in 2014. So almost 10 years of uh, SDR now. And um, then two years later, we started the network. And that's like seven years of, uh, of Gas Digital. And it's always fucking difficult. It's never, not, it's never easy. You know, every yeah. day, every pod, like I remember, and I'm sorry I'm rambling, but it's a, the, no, you're a good. relatively... So uh, when G- when Jim Norton started Chip Chipperson, right? Yeah. I'm sure you're in the show, and it blew up. Mm-hmm. And I was a guest on a show, and I, before he gets into character, I said, "Dude, you know, congrats, man! This shit's killing it, right?" And at the time, I think he was getting like fifty thousand views per episode. I don't know where he's, whatever, it doesn't matter. I remember saying, "Geez, man, you're killing it! Great, good for you." And his response was, "I don't know. Fucking Joe Rogan gets ten million. It's fifty thousand good. <laughs> yeah. I don't know." So that should be your attitude, like, yeah, if you're happy with. If you have a thousand listeners and you're happy, if you have a million listeners and you're happy, something's wrong. You should always like when I was at using the Holy Grail of Joe Rogan, I was at his studios in California to help fix, which I always thought was wild, fix an audio issue. And why, why am I doing this? Like why, why you don't have it? But, um, and I would, Joe wasn't there. I was talking to his producer. I forget his name. Jamie, right? James, Jamie, right? Jamie. And we were talking about it. And he was complaining on how certain episodes don't do as well as others. And, you know, this and that. And it's like, fucking even Joe Rogan gives a shit about that. And he's yeah. the king of the mountain. So, yeah, it's, it should always be a question is like, how do I do better? If you're comfortable with where you are, you're in the wrong fucking business. 100%. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't, I don't know if we'll ever get rich off of this, but even making, making a little money would be nice. <laughs> we're moving if that you, way. Yeah, if, you, if you're looking to do it for the money, you are in the wrong business. I did radio <clears throat> for $6 an hour yep. because I just wanted to be on the fucking air. And I foregoed sleep so I could be on the air. Yep. You know, And the, my happiest hours of the week is when I'm on my fucking show just being stupid. It's the fucking happiest hour of the week. <clears throat> All right, everybody. We are interrupting your goddamn broadcast with these special ass plugs so you can't avoid these motherfuckers uh if you want to find the rage and pillage podcast you've got rage and pillage pod on instagram rage and pillage podcast on facebook rage and pillage podcast on tiktok josh where can they find you brother yes sir so on instagram uh jds underscore pit underscore barbecue and then on twitter it is just jds uh, pit barbecue um and then i think you said it already like us on the facebook page we got a chat um, now and we have a chat going right now yeah <laughs> i don't know absolutely. how i did it but i set up a chat <laughs> let's do it everybody get in on that like and the facebook page to get in on the chat yeah though. get in on the chat the chat's fucking filthy and stupid it's great i love it I'm also for real, for real, for real, for real, like for real. Hey, Josh, Josh, look at me. Josh, look at me for real, for real. 
I'm a. There's an estimation of somewhere between 700 billion and a trillion, 300 million billion dollars. I finally paid the last bill and I'm going to finally finish the website. So fuck. Yeah, I think that's going to be my goal this weekend. That's what I'm doing. So it's going to be a fucking blast. You'll be able to find Rage and Pillage Podcast dot com or whatever the fuck it's called. I forget now, but I own that website. I've owned it for a few years and I'm going to do something with it now. Uh, call 872-228-RAP3. Um, and there's still a special prize out there for anybody who jerks off to completion on the voicemail. We will play the whole and, thing. And you guys still have eight days to get yep. in on this fucking fantastic giveaway. We should have mentioned that on the main show, shouldn't we? But this you, is you the main st- show. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Um, yeah, eight days. That giveaway is... Uh, not to be fucked with. I mean, this show is going to come out on what day? It's going to come mm. out on the 14th. So really, you only have four fucking have four days. days. Three days. Three days. Because it comes on the 15th. Sorry. Yeah, three fucking days, you fucking so, pussies. Hurry up. Like, I cannot believe. Like, this is one of the... Like, why would you not want I think, I any think there's of this only, stuff? Like you said, it's over $500 worth of stuff. Clone a dick. Clone a pussy. $500 worth of merchandise Drinking that you games. can win just by tagging two people and rating something on an app that easy you money. already have. Yeah, easy money. Easy money. Easy Drinking money. games. Fucking, what else we got? We got, we got Jesus Christ, as always. Jesus Christ is fucking rules. I think we only have like 10 entries right now. So like your odds are great. So I mean, I'm saying jump on bitches. I cannot believe that everybody is not just jumping in on this shit because it's so easy. It's so easy. Easy money. All right. Back to the show. It's going to be one of my questions. You've been doing the podcast in so long, dude. Has it ever... I'm sure there's like one offs where like, man, I'd rather be out with some broad, but oh, has it course. ever felt like a fucking job as, as, as much as not the show, everything that surrounds it, because it's not, gas digital is, it was, is more than my show. You know, there's right. the, the dealings with, I have a business partner, you know, him and I don't always see eye to eye. We have producers and engineers. And, you know, if you add up the host, the engineers, the graphics, the ad sales, blah, there's a hundred people that work at Gas Digital, you know. Mm-hmm. So even if five percent of them have a problem every week, that's five people that are coming to you with problems every week. I get a well over a thousand emails a day, you know, about <laughs> related to maybe some in that not all of it's going to be related to Gas Digital, but about something that's you know uh, that requires attention, you know. So <laughs> you did that part of it is not fun, right? Watching, say, taking a step back and watching it grow. When I can take a moment to appreciate, that's great. But there are times where I'm, I'm like, "Fucking goddamn it!" Like this, you know, the servers are down. This is happening. The, you know, the, a lot of the fans are fucking assholes. Let's be honest, you know. And that shit is is the part that I don't like. I still love doing the show. Yeah, there are some times where a guest shits the bed, or it's just not fun that episode. But that's going to happen in any part of your life. You have a fight with your girlfriend. You have a bad meal at a restaurant. Doesn't mean you stop eating, you know? So sometimes you just have a bad guest and that's fine too. That's part of it. 
Like, like tonight, you guys have me, a bad guest. No, no, it's just, this is... A- Are you kidding? I'm like, <laughs> I, I'm like fucking dialed in here, like ready to... <laughs> Like I'm learning because that's, I mean, I feel like that's what both of us are doing here is we're learning. We're trying to learn from you. And I don't think that like, I don't think that Burley's even into it for the money. Like we're having fun here. Like yeah. that's just, all that matters. That's just the best like part have, of it. We like to have fun. We and him get along. We hang out. It's we, we talk shit and it's fun. But right. like he said, you know, like he wants to make a little bit of money off of this. Just, just, I mean, not just to, Make up some of the stuff cover, that cover the bills in this fancy. So, ro- this I'll tell you, when we first started, right? I we I'm, I don't give a shit. We had like let's say we had like I think it was like two thousand listeners, right? Yeah. At one point, and um, I printed. I noticed a, a a lot of them were from Jersey at the time, <laughs> right? So I printed out those that report, and I still knew some strip club DJs and owners. I drove out there, and I'm like, hey, do you want to be our exclusive strip club where you're the only club we ever talk about? on air look at these numbers they're all from jersey just give me 50 bucks a week and you can be our exclusive strip club dj and he just said hang on he went there i came back and he gave me like i think it was like 500 dollars. and he goes all right i'm in for this for for 10 weeks whatever it is i'm like all right done perfect and that was it you know and it was just calling in a favor to a strip club and i was like hey jay we now have beer money you know, yeah, and that's write it. That and that's what, write that down. Write that down, I'm about to hit up every strip club in Houston. <laughs> yeah, so that that kind of thing, where like you know, I think, and this was a problem in radio when I was doing radio. They were always looking for the ten thousand, fifty thousand dollar sale, right. right? Right. But if you get ten thousand dollar sales, that's just as good as that ten thousand dollar sale. And if anything, now you have ten people that may come back to spend more money. Where that one ten thousand dollar guy, if he's gone, you got nothing. Right. So you're just better to spread it out. So we used to always relish in the uh, the smaller deals. The, the, that's the move for sure. I guess yeah, I got to start that hustling sense, that yeah. up. Yeah. Fucking yeah. I mean, we we don't have nearly as many listeners as y'all do. Not even fractional, but. Uh, but it doesn't yeah. matter. Also, by the way, nowadays there's a lot <laughs> of these. So and again, I use radio a lot as an as an example because. Really, a podcast network, which is what we are, mm-hmm. is no different than my syndicated radio show. So the show was on a hundred stations, roughly. A lot of them had almost no listeners. You know, like little station in the middle of Iowa. Some had more, but you put them all together, and there's a half a million people listening, right? right. So what we would do is there are these companies at the time. It was called Network Spots. They just wanted people, so it was less money. Then when, let's say, Iron Maiden was putting out a new record and they called us to specifically do an ad on the tour bus, that would be a much higher rating. But if you just want to fill spots, go with the network spot. In the same respect, there are a lot of websites for podcasts. Maybe you're getting a fucking $4 CPM rate and maybe it's only a couple of dollars a week, but it's money and it's a start. You know, and so, and I also used to, in the old days in radio, I'd fucking make up sponsors to make us sound bigger than we oh, are. We definitely do I, that. We definitely <laughs> do that here. I gave away tickets to concerts that we didn't have tickets for, <laughs> but it sounded great. You know, like, oh, sorry, we didn't have no winner. Yeah. Yeah. It was crazy. And then the, the story I love is when I started in radio, I couldn't get a fucking Axl Rose or Eddie Van Halen to do an interview. Right. I found these CDs of them being interviewed and oh, I would just nice. clip out the answers and I'd ask the questions. 
And they didn't know. Nobody knew. I was, nice. I was interviewed. You cannot I, be the only person. Or you, well, now it's very cannot, common. Now that's super common. Say, yeah, now it's super common. Yeah, but that has to be. In 2000, common. so 22 years ago, I don't think it was being done that much. But I was, because that was also, computer editing was just kind of starting out back then. But I've always been a tech guy. So I don't think it was done as well. Maybe they were doing it in reels. I don't know. But I would just, hey. So we, I got to ask John Bon Jovi what he thinks of the new record. And then I'd say, <laughs> You know, and who the fuck? Nobody knew. You know, <laughs> that's yeah, that's, that's brilliant. That's, that's fucking that's pretty brilliant. fucking great. I've yeah, I've we've definitely done some uh, some fake sponsors on here, but I end up making them fucking goofy, like I'm I'm an asshole. But uh, <laughs> going back to your your computer stuff, you do you still build your own computers and stuff? Yeah, I'm actually planning on building my next one because this one is now five years old. So I think it's time to get a new you, one, but it still works it? fine. What do you say? What do you put now? I built all my own computers as well. So I haven't put- even started delving into it. I just haven't looked yet, but I, you know, I, it, it's 40% cheaper, 30% cheaper. I mean, pre fucking, uh, Bitcoin when graphics yeah. cards didn't become so hard to reach, you would say 40% building your own computer. The, they're coming yeah. back. Um, the, the prices are coming back down now. Bitcoin yeah. shit the bed. So yeah. <laughs> that's, that's yeah. the move. But, and also like, when when my radio show, when the satellite fell out and we had to go to CD delivery, mm-hmm. I had to use a multi-CD recorder, one you, to eight. Yeah, the tower. You know? yeah, yeah, the tower. And at the time, you either did a service that charged a crazy money or you bought a machine. And the machine was like fucking $8,000. This is a long time ago. God. And I found schematics online and I built it for $1,000. And that's how we did it. And then literally like eight years later, I sold it to for a thousand dollars. No shit. Which is hilarious because <laughs> and I just I went to I think I know how to do this shit. I'm a Jew. We don't fucking know how to do that stuff. <laughs> but I downloaded I went to the school of Google and YouTube and figured it yeah. out, you know? Every wow. everything I've learned about podcasting is all YouTubing, you know. Yes. That's that's you're it, not yeah. the first person to have whatever problem you're experiencing. Mm-hmm. Right. Somebody has done a fucking three hour podcast or <laughs> YouTube video on how to solve whatever fucking problem you're having in, in any aspect of your life. Somebody's already gotten through that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm currently learning Photoshop right now, and that's yeah. know, all part of it. I but, wanted to put out, I'll show you this here. I had a stupid idea for a book, which I, I don't know, which is a the 100% guaranteed guide to weight loss and fitness. I had a stupid idea for this book, right? And I wanted to self-publish it and get it in stores. And I found a place that they charge a little bit more, but they print on demand. Right. And you do nothing. I just submitted the book. They print them. The joke was that page one says eat less. Page two says work out more. And the rest of the book is blank. That's the joke, right? (laughs) And I sold... We were actually going to talk about this on here. Didn't you sell like a shitload of these? Fucking- yeah, it was yeah. in it hit number thirty three on Amazon. Yeah, but um, <laughs> it cost me nothing. But I felt bad charging a lot for it, so I only made like a quarter a book. Yeah, but I still made like a, a couple thousand dollars. You know, something like that, like thousand dollars. How many? But, um, how many bad reviews did you get? Yeah, only you know what's funny. So most people that bought it knew the gag, right? Oh, it was, okay. but when it hit the charts is when other people started buying it. <laughs> and that's when I started getting bad reviews because they're like, like what the fuck is this? Bitch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, and I felt bad. I should have made it more clear that it, I should have showed the images of only being two pages in the book. What it's, it's worth it. It's worth it. But go, going <laughs> off of how, your, your book model, that's how we do our, our merch. Amazon does Amazon merch. You put it on there, you set whatever profit margin. Right now, we're making yeah. like a quarter a shirt, maybe. Yeah, who cares? Yeah, just I get would, it out there. I want I want my name out there. I want the I want the logo out there, that shit. Yeah. You, know, so. you just don't want to sit on inventory, so it's better to do it that way. Much 100%, better to do it that way. 100%. 100%. Yeah. 
But yeah, that's that that book I wanted to talk about for sure. And I also I kind of we haven't touched on the on the good sugar podcast yet. I kind of want that's that's the the one that I feel like less people know about, and I kind of want to yeah, talk about it. Yeah, you know? it does well, but I don't. You know, it's weird. Is I think I can't say for sure, but I'm basing on the numbers that our two show my two shows get the comedy space is far more competitive right than the health space is only i could do is i don't know and i don't think anybody knows excuse me i have hiccups what itunes base their charts on i don't think anyone really knows because or at least i don't i've not found that information because (laughs) we chart higher on sdr than shows that i know on my network that have more listeners but maybe because it's we have guests that are searchable or we get more reviews. I don't know why that is, I, but I, that's you know. I might I have a little. I might have a little insight on that. Um, we had a weird anomaly last week on one of our podcasts where, goddamn, tripled our viewers or our, mm-hmm. our downloads, right? Mm-hmm. And it was the same week that we were fucking really pushing. We're doing a giveaway, but part of the giveaway is you have to rate and review on iTunes. Yeah, so it could be that. So, also, yeah. it could be people that are subscribing. I don't really know. I don't really care. You shouldn't even fucking care about your reviews, but right. or your 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 uh, charts because it's it's fucking doesn't matter. But the Good Sugar one does okay in that side, but you know it has a quarter of the listeners that SDR has. Right? It's also a lot younger. It's only two and a half, two years old. Yeah, but. I helped a friend of mine who made a fortune in the vegan, raw vegan juice world in New York City, raw food and, and, and vegan juices and stuff, called Juice Press. And they went up to about 90 locations. I helped. God damn, work just in, in New York? In New York. Crazy. God like damn. He, so it was at one point, and I, so he sold out a few years ago. I don't know how much money he made, but if I had a guess, multiple millions. Is a like retarded it, you know, amount. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I, I, I don't know how much a percentage he had at the time. But I will say that I'm guessing he's not struggling for money. That is my <laughs> guess, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know what percentage he had at the time. But so I helped that company because I did have a background in food and a background in music. And he was looking for someone to help mold the space a little bit and make sure that your experience in every juice press was the same. Right. So for about two, three years, that was my job was like making sure that we were growing the right way. Right. And he's a friend of mine since we were born. And so he sold out. And then we started talking and he wanted to do a podcast because he had a non-compete clause for two years that right. he couldn't start another juice, raw juice company or any kind of a brick and mortar store. So his idea was, let me start a podcast, build a following. And then when I open up the store, there's already somewhat of a built-in audience, right? So that's, he was going to do it on his own. He didn't realize he didn't want to do it on his own after doing one or two episodes. So he asked me to do it with him. Yeah. And so that's where's where Good Sugar came from. And we used it also as a catalyst to monitor, to watch me try and get back into shape. Because at the time when we started, I was at my girthiest. I was fucking over 300, I was like 325 pounds, right? Nice. Something like that. 320, yeah. something like that. And so we used the, the, um, we used the, uh, the show as to like track me and also, which I'm a big advocate of, give me accountability yeah. to someone, whether it's a friend, a wife, uh, a, a blog, whatever the fuck it is, my accountability was, did I do what I was going to say I did last week? And I try to be as honest as possible on every show. So that's how that started. And then it morphed into a starting to bring in other uh, people in health and wellness. And I guinea pig myself out to try cryotherapy, colonics, fucking IVs. I'll go try whatever 
And granted, it's anecdotal, but I'll go try and see if it made me feel any better. And that's how that show came to be. And now we're opening. He's opening. I'm a minor investor in the first Good Sugar location opening on 3rd and 69th Street next month. It is next month. Okay. Yes. Yeah, I heard yeah. in, a, in another podcast, it said it's September. So it must have got pushed back. There were a delays bit. Okay. in construction because the, the ground floor in New York City, there's a weird thing called co-ops <laughs> that don't really exist anywhere else where you need approval from a board when you're the, uh, in a building that is a co-op building. And so no they had a, it took okay. a longer time to get approval than it should have. So they finally got approval. And so it should be by next month. What kind mm-hmm. of food are y'all going to be serving there? It's all vegan. I'm okay. not vegan, but it is all vegan. Their, Marcus's newest passion, besides clean, healthy food, is a low footprint, carbon footprint. So no single-use plastics. You get a discount if you bring in your own glass bottles, you oh, know, things like that, to help reduce the waste in the world, which is a great. So I, you know, yeah, who, right. who, says, you know, who says fuck the environment? So it is nice that he's doing that. And so more than just concern about what's going into your body, it's about what happens after. Is right. it, there's, you know, there's no plastic right. bags. There's no uh, plastic <laughs> forks. It's all, you know, costs more to do that. But the, the idea is that like it's, you're doing better for the environment. I'm all for the uh-huh. environmental stuff until it comes to the goddamn straws, Ralph. The straws those, are weird. Those paper straws, straws fucking suck dick. The, the problem is they have not figured out a straw alternative. Although I will say in Italy, this only works for cold drinks. They use, um, what do you call it? Bucatini. So spaghetti with a hole in it. And they what? use the spaghetti and that works, but it only works on cold drinks. So if it's a hot drink, it's, it's going to fall apart. Like, yeah, it just makes yeah. that shit soggy. Yeah. It's like, like my dick on a bender. Um, <laughs> fucking. Yeah. It, well, how, how much are you involved in the opening of that restaurant, though? Is that minimal? I, okay, so okay. I was involved with some of the branding. I'm going there in a couple of days to see how the build out is going. But um, I've been in back and forth, you know, not nowhere. I say I would say that my minor investment is about the equal to the minor time that I've been putting in. It is, <laughs> it is uh, mostly, if not 99 percent, Marcus. In, oh, that's cool. That. That's cool, though. Yeah. And just kind of seeing that that come out of, of the show that y'all had, right? Yeah, it's pretty wild. And it's also, you know, like I told him in the beginning, I'll handle the podcast shit. You know, you handle this part because he is vehemently against ads because he doesn't want to endorse things that he doesn't believe in, which I mean, it's also, that's, easy. it's very that's easier. It's very easy to take an ethical stance when you have millions of dollars. In so I feel like <laughs> yeah. it was, it was a, yeah. a happy agreement between the two of us. Because I knew I would not gonna I was not gonna make money from the podcast. Yeah, right. I'm uh I'm all about if anybody wants to be a sponsor, uh, can we push killing puppies or something like that? Yeah, or, I mean, look, we, we have crazy. <laughs> I hate like I will openly say like I try to always have sponsors that I'm gonna use, but right now like our two sponsors are Rock Auto, which yeah. I don't have a car, <laughs> yeah. and and Yo Kratom, and I don't use Kratom. <laughs> but I will say it on the air. Look, I don't have a car, but I Jay has a car, and Jay seems to like this company, which is true. And I don't do Kratom, but uh, Shannon drinks Kratom every day. So right. that at least I can relate to it in that way. But I fucking don't use any of it. I send our, our ad sales team when it's something I like or I use. Yeah. I say, hey, try to get these as a sponsor. So like a couple of times, like a clothing line that I liked or a shoe company that I like, 
became a sponsor for a half a year or whatever. Hey, y'all, y'all are the reason I buy a sheath underwear. So yeah, yeah they're great. Yeah, sheath yeah. Under, I'm wearing them right now. It's a great example of a, a one that I can easily endorse, you know? Yeah. I fucking, yeah. I'd, I, I remember hearing on a few of the shows on gas, it's fucking like chicken skins and weird shit like oh, that. Oh, yeah. I, by the way, I was excited about the chicken skin because as a Jew, it is a very Jewish thing. Fried chicken skin is something that was like a treat that really? you would get. And I was like, oh my God, I can't wait. But it was not good. It was not a good. <laughs> you know? So the, like, I would still stand by crispy chicken skin, fresh crispy chicken skin is unbelievable. But the, the bagged ones that we had on the show were not good. They smelled no terrible bueno. and they were not good. They were not good. They were short because if I can't speak passionately about something, I don't want them on the fucking show. At least like I said, I know Shannon loves the Kratom. Right. I know Jay loves Rock Auto. He bought a ton of shit for his car. So those things are easier to get behind. Yeah. But it's something I... And she's underwear. I wear it all. I'm wearing it right now. Yeah. You know? So that's different. It's, I hate when it's something I really... I can't understand or I can't work with. You know? but I, I met the sheath underwear guy at Skankfest in Houston. Uh, and, mm -hmm. uh, I, they tossed me a pair and fucking I've been hooked ever since. So yeah, yeah they're great. I, yeah. I did his <laughs> podcast while I was there. He has a cool podcast about like business and stuff. Oh man. I didn't even know he had one. Let's check that out. Yeah. Shout out to him. Free, free plug right there. I wish I could remember the name of it, but uh, <laughs> I'm sure if you do sheath underwear podcast, it'll come up. Yeah, for sure. Fucking Wow. What? <laughs> I, I'm getting it. I was, I, mean, I just got a call. My phone just rang. It was a 718 area code. So I Googled it real quick. And it's Brooklyn, Queens. It's Brooklyn, New York. Yeah. That's Brooklyn, New York. Yeah. Maybe someone is listening that knows me <laughs> and is trying to tell you to ask something inappropriate to me. Yeah. yeah. Well, pull I your dick out, Ralph. It. Hopefully, they'll leave you a voicemail then. Tell him to pull out his dick. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Ralph. Man, we're gonna be all about the time you blew a homeless guy. What? Yeah, let's talk, let's talk really, about that, that for really sure. A voicemail. <laughs> put it on. Um, but you're gonna find out what you owe money to somebody if you play that. Huh. Um, let's talk about breakdancing, dude. I should have put huh. these questions in order, but I'm I'm, I'm no, all over right. the map here. But breakdancing, you were quite the breakdancer, I hear. So I was, uh, yeah, I grew up in Brooklyn, and when I went into high school, I was 13, 19, uh. 83. And when we came in, there was like a welcoming high school freshman ceremony thing, yeah. like at the school the auditorium. And I saw breakdancing for the first time. And I was like, what the fuck am I looking at? Like, I couldn't understand. Wait, hold, on, hold on. Was it like black guys doing it? You're like, that's your first black, black guys, people? White guys, were little, it was like okay. five guys. <laughs> what are these um, black people doing? <laughs> and I was, I was, un, I was like, couldn't understand any of it. I never saw any of it at that point, you know? And so I started looking into it. I don't even know how, because there was no internet back then. We were just talking to people, whatever. Right. And my brother and I became obsessed with getting good at breakdancing. And that became my life for those first two year and a half of high school. I would practice every day. I talked to those kids that were performing that day and started learning how to do practicing, learning how to do things. It was so popular in Brooklyn in high school that they had a breakdancing time in the gym so that oh, people shit. could go, tr could go practice because we were going to do it anyway, better do it <laughs> in the gym than outside or in the halls or leave the school. And then we started getting better and better. And then, um, we would battle where you'd go like, yeah. to like a club and, and, and brat battle. And we had our own crew. Jay always loves to make fun of me because my name was G Wiz. We talked about that. <laughs> name on the 
It's so stupid. But um, then I got into a movie called Crush Groove when I was yeah. like 15, 14 and a half. Classic and movie. It's, and, uh, you know, I was obsessed with it for a long time. And it was my life. And also, you know, you go out, you socialize, you meet girls and blah, blah, blah. But then what was crazy was around 14, 15, 14 and a half, 15, I found out about computers. And yeah. I fucking got obsessed with learning about computers. And I felt like, this is the future. And all my breakdancing friends at the time, like, dude, let's go. We're going to go to the club. There's girls. There's this. I'm like, no, no, no. I, wa I want to do this. You know, I want to work on this. And they thought I was crazy. I would have arguments with my friends. And I just stayed home and worked on computers. And that's how I got involved with the illegal aspect of computers. That's when I, I you know, the FBI came to my house for computer hacking when I was 15. <laughs> Whoa, hold on. Wow. Hold on. That's, Can you just like throw that, that out there? Um. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> Well, what was the what was the crime? What was what they get you for? So this is pre-internet. You know, there was no internet in 1980. I mean, there was, but not for public domain. Uh, 1985, we would do things like you know change grades, uh, change our phone bill to five dollars, and blah blah blah, dumb nice. stuff like that. But we got caught because we would do these things called now it's very commonplace conference calls where we would bring in like 15, 20 people. I brought in. The kids I went to elementary school with so we could all talk because I'd been out of that school for two years and we'd all get on a conference call. And at the time, those calls would be thousands of dollars. Oh, shit. And we would just, it would just be charged to some corporation. We didn't fucking care, <laughs> right? <laughs> and then somebody else got caught doing it and they said, oh, you want to get somebody, go after these guys. And they gave uh, me, they, they gave me up. Oh. And um, then they came to our house. And that's why my father had to get a lawyer. It was a whole fucking thing. Jesus Christ. Jeez. Yeah. What's that movie? Um, was it Hackers? Hackers. Yeah. 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 yeah, it was crazy. It was fun. It was a wild time. I had a modem that, you know, nowadays you're dealing with, uh, you know, multiple gigabyte modems. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. like one gig is a thousand kilobytes. One yeah. kilobytes is uh, a meg, right? And then one meg is made up of, of bytes. And then, you know, the last one is bits. So it was only 300 bytes. Jesus. I think. You could only do text. That's it. And <laughs> it was like, yeah. and it would be slow. It'd be like, look like a, like a dot matrix printer on the screen. That's with the, how slow. With the it was. real floppy drives. Yeah. With all yeah. floppy drives. It was yeah. wild. Yeah. It was a wild time. Did you ever do that shit where I, I, I listened to, it must've been a podcast, maybe a, a YouTube video or something. The old school hackers would have these like little sound speaker things and they would put them on a, uh, yeah, like yeah, a yeah. The, I forgot we call those black boxes or red boxes and they would yeah. fake the noise of a quarter into a phone so you can make phone and calls. Then, yeah, and then you just have free phone calls. Yeah, you yeah, do that all the time. Yeah, sick, dude. Wow. <laughs> That's yeah. badass. Yeah, it was pretty simple to set up too. You know, it was parts were available at Radio Shack. You know, it was for, for like a $5, you can make one of those. And then it just like, you hit quarters and that was it. Yeah. Before we get wow. into the main meat of the show, the last question I got to ask, and I'm just going to say her name and then you can kind of give me some Peyton Sinclair. Wild chick. Yeah, Jesus so, Christ. Yeah. <laughs> fucking... <laughs> So I think the world needs more girls like that, you know, because <laughs> wild lunacy helps everybody every now and then. You just got to do it in small doses, right? Yeah. I think I've, I've said this many times. My first time meeting her, we were driving to do the Anthony Cumia show together. Yeah. I didn't know her. She didn't know me. And we pulled over to go get some lunch uh, on our way there. Like the, the car pulled over. and We went in to eat something for the show. And she just says to me, maybe we've talked for 20 minutes at that point in the car. Yeah. Because you want to come fuck me in the ass? And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's like, no, no, seriously. And I was like, uh, <laughs> I don't have a condom. She's like, no, that's fine. 
I'm like, no, no, I'm good. Yeah, that, you don't want no. good today. The, so no, the, the girl that says no, it's fine. You kind of be like, eh. yeah, yeah. yeah but, <laughs> and then at like the one year anniversary of SDR, we had a, a big cake. And she took a cake and shoved it in my eye, and I couldn't see for like thirty Jesus minutes. Jesus Christ! She's always, uh, you know, uh, something about a powder keg in the studio. While there's only so much you can take of it, it's yeah. nice that that happens. They think that she is genuinely a sweet person. Right. You know, she generally cares and is a sweet person, but she's crazy. She's wild. You know, yeah. and I, you know, I remember when I was a kid, like 20, there was this wild chick that literally had sex with every one of us. Like she went back and forth to every single guy in my group and had sex with all of us. She was hot as shit. Yeah. Thank God for girls like that. I went you know? to a so, I went to a private school. That's what happened. Yeah, everybody yeah. got with everybody. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it was a beautiful thing. And so I think you know she's gotten unfortunately during uh, lockdown she became like you know a super duper conspiracy theorist of like yeah. every crazy conspiracy. Um, so I think she's gotten a little more off the deep end in the last couple of years. But even before then, she was just it was it's wild to behold. She's. And she's hot. She had an incredible body. Yeah, stupid. And it hot. just, yeah. it's just uh, dangerous. Like you're, you're, a, you know, something fun. <laughs> I, I never had sex with her, but I imagine it's incredible. It's got to be know, a wild ride for sure. She's wild. Yeah. But uh, she is a nice person. You know, like I don't have a negative thing to say about her. I think she's just wild. Were you upset in that situation for real? Which one are we talking about? You got to narrow the, it down. The, the, most, the most the, recent the, the, one. The, the, the but, yes. So when she shoved that thing up my ass, <laughs> I would say yes, because if it was a reversal, I would be in jail. But you're in jail for sure. 100%. Right? Yeah. So yeah. to shove something unlubricated, I mean, I guess it was lubricated, but unconsensual. And I had no idea that was the plan. Right. I didn't know she, yeah. the original thing she was going to whip us or something like that. <laughs> she knew she was going to do that, you know, but the reason why I'm not super upset about it, I mean, we shut down the show after because I was in pain. Yeah, you know? yeah. But um, I knew okay, this is going to be a clip that great everyone's gonna fucking share. clip. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So, <laughs> you know, if I if my ass had to hurt for a day or two <laughs> afterwards, that should be the worst thing that happens on the show. At know? least it was done by a chick, right? Yeah, and so. by the way, to show you how uh, demented my life is, when you said that thing that she did, I'd be like, oh, yeah, which thing? Because there's so many fucking things. <laughs> God, I'd, I'd, I'd pay a lot of money to live your life for a little bit. <laughs> well, hey, dude, uh, we're going to get to the Rage and Pillage questions, but we know that if we do plugs at the very end, nobody fucking listens. Can you tell everybody how to find you, dude? It's simple. Me everywhere is I am Ralph Sutton, that I believe in the term social symmetry that I think I coined, where it should be the same everywhere. It used to be at the SDR show everywhere until our fucking Instagram got taken down. But you could, you know, SDR show and, and Good Sugar Podcast. Good Sugar is one word. You could find them anywhere you watch or listen to uh, shows and just me everywhere at I am Ralph Sutton. Fuck yeah. Awesome. Um, okay, so here on the Rage and Pillage podcast, we like to ask our guests, I guess, three questions. One of them is, if your penis had a voice, what do you think it would sound like? I would imagine it would also sound like Frankenstein like me. You know what I mean? <laughs> He's got I a would, voice. <laughs> you, you I don't think, think we like, would I, be in... We'd be in symmetry. We'd be aligned with each other, you know. 
we both have bolts on our necks, on my necks and in, on the base of the, of the <laughs> penis. Uh, yeah, I, I imagine you have a deep voice like me. I would I see, I would imagine your dick be like, I've seen some shit, like, like an old nom vet, you know? <laughs> it's like, I've seen, like some, you've shit. seen some shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've been yeah, in but this the shit. problem is that I'm still, like, I wish that my still brain, <laughs> I wish I was at the point where I could look, like my brain didn't want to, like I have a fucking girl coming over in 20 minutes, right? Hell yeah. And, I wish I didn't still think that way. Like I do wish my 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 uh, drive slows down a little bit sooner than later because it is fucking exhausting. But I, you know, I get crazy if I'm staying home and twiddling my thumbs. Yeah. I want to go out and fucking meet a new chick and fucking. I just so I I'm hoping one day that slows down. It just has. Are you, are you so doing like TRT or anything like that? No. Really? Yeah, I'm He's just, just yeah. natural. No shit. Yeah. I just think, goddamn um, jo- I gotta start jogging. Fuck. Yeah, I definitely, <laughs> by the way, uh losing a child basically, because I lost 80 pounds. Yeah. The amount of energy and and verve and vigor that I've rediscovered is wild. I feel like it's 10 years ago. Well, I'm assuming you don't get nervous being on top now, right? No. Yeah. And also I don't I don't uh leave my t shirt on anymore. Oh, okay. See, I'm I'm the total opposite. Yeah. I'm doing both of those right now. Yeah, like yeah, you're, a, you're either getting thing. it from the side, or I'm laying on my back being lazy. <laughs> and I used to feel I used to feel bad. Like everyone, I was fucking. I'm, like Jay makes a bit about this. Like where he says, "Well, he's fucking. He's saying, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Is this okay for you? Can you breathe? Yeah, now, yeah, now yeah. I just say, I uh, wish I could be you. You're so lucky. You get yeah, to fuck yeah. me. <laughs> fucking. That's that's the mindset we should all have. I think. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. All right, the next two questions are the rage and pillage questions. Rage meaning party, uh, pillage meaning stealing. What's your best party story that you have uh, that won't land you in jail now? I mean, so there's the one that comes out. It depends on what you're looking for, you know? So the first one that comes to mind is getting drunk with fucking Lemmy from Motorhead. You know, I mean, damn, how many people get to say that, you know, to be fucking doing shots of Maker's Mark with Lemmy backstage that was fucking and on i got to host the um motorhead cruise which was motorhead uh megadeth well, they, they had a bell i say but uh, exodus testament uh hate breed and i got to be on stage and hand lemmy the 40th anniversary plaque from the label on stage that's like, so fucking sick that's fucking great you know hanging out with ozzy that's a fucking other one that sticks out you know but wow. Then the one that I would say it's hard to beat is having a fucking fivesome with yeah, four hot yeah, girls. Yeah. You know, so that, those that two Lemmy, that and Lemmy are right there, yeah. dude. You know, fuck. Did you did yeah. you get to hear any cool stories from Lemmy? Lemmy was awesome. Yeah, Lemmy. It's funny was that when he came, it started, he came into the studio to do the shows back in the radio show, and we had Ace of Spades queued up as the next song. Yeah, and my partner at the time was not really a rock guy, but you know, he knew that the, the show was going to do well. So, he, you know, he was, I remember him saying his favorite band was REM. I'm like, Ugh. Oh, fuck but the fuck is that? He was a good <laughs> radio guy. So we had Ace of Spades queued up and he was coming in and I said, Hey man, you know, any particular, they had put out like a compilation album, any particular song you want. And he goes, anything but fucking Ace of Spades. I'm like, uh, Matt, switch the track. <laughs> <laughs> Put on track eight, not track two. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, but he was he was cool. He's just a cool dude. You know, I mean, I I I cherish the moments I've spent with all these rock stars that I worshipped growing up. You know, at one point to say like I was friends with Tommy Lee or it's with uh, you know D- Ronnie James Dio and all these fucking legends. I'm still to this <clears> day good friends with Corey Glover of Living Color and you know the no peace shit. kill of of, uh, of Typo Negative. I fucking 
realized every moment, God damn it, this is wild. Oh, like, I'm the, so fucking this is lucky. the second time Peter Steele's come up on this podcast. Oh, really? Yeah, I look have, like him. That's why. When I had long hair, we used to get mistaken for each other. We lived 10 blocks from each other. We were the same height. When we first ran into each other at a rock club I promoted, we both were like, oh, yeah, I can see it. I get it. We, we had some ladies come on and all they wanted to, whenever we talked about like hot guys, they both of them brought up the Peter Steele playgirl. And then yeah. we had to put I it on. I signed it twice. <laughs> I signed it twice. That's fucking awesome. They, so people really walked up to you and were like, no shit. My, my super in my old building said, I'm sorry to bother you. My wife would love you to sign this. I'm like, it's cool. It's not, it's not me though. And he goes, I know, no, it's okay. I know it's you. It's okay. Like, can, I, right. can I ask a quick question real quick? Kind of backtracking. But like when you're talking about like the rock star being in there, how many rock stars did you interview and the, like that was their popular song, and like that was what you were gonna play or something, and they were like, they "Please, uh, don't play that." You know that. So the only other time I could think about that being a specific problem, which wasn't, we weren't gonna play it anyway. But he, I could tell he didn't want us to play it uh-huh. was Dio, because he hated his biggest song, "Rainbow in the Dark." Rainbow he in the hated Dark. It. Why did he? Hate he it? thought the he thought the keyboard keyboards were goofy. You know, <laughs> bing, bop, bing, bop, bop, yeah, bing, yeah, yeah. I mean, does that, that happen happening. a lot? Like, no, like, you know, like usually popular songs that they go with, and then they're like, "Oh my god!" Like, I don't want to listen to this song again. Well, the record well, company would, chooses it, right? Yeah. Well, no, no, no. But back my my radio show, I it was unique because I programmed the whole thing. I played mm-hmm. whatever the fuck I wanted, right? So, right. generally, what we would do is we'd play their biggest hit, do an interview segment, play a new song. So then they were happy and then do another interview segment. So they got to hear, we got to promote their new song and their new album, but we came into it with one of their biggest songs. If they hung out longer, then we'd play, you know, then we'd start delving into more of their catalog. But at the time with radio, we weren't given the leeway. We had a three hour show in the beginning. It was four. Then it had to go to three for different reasons. But um, each hour had to end within 10 seconds of that hour or you got cut because we were, nationwide and the clocks had to sync up and you had to play the top of the hour ID. So there wasn't a lot of leeway with that. And at the time with radio, you know, we were on so many fucking stations. I remember talking with David Coverdale, who's singer of a band called Whitesnake, right? And they were huge in the 80s. He was coming in with his manager and syndicated radio was still not that popular at the time. And his manager said, let me get this straight. We do this show and it's on all these stations around the country at the same time. Like, yeah, well, that's fucking amazing. Like, so they were so happy to do that that right. it, they didn't care so much about as long as we played a new song, they were happy. Cool. Uh, you just mentioned David Coverdale. <clears throat> Who's got the better voice, him or Cornell? You know, I would say it's it's a hard question. I, I, I I'm not a superlatives person, right? Um, but they both have incredible fucking voices. He, I don't. They're the only two I can think to compare. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. Um, here's what I would say. Well, it's weird because Cornell didn't get the chance to get older, you know, to see what he sounded like when he was David's age. Right. If you're comparing apples to apples at the same time, uh, like when they both were, let's say, 25, prime, whatever, prime, yeah. I think David had the better voice. I think so, too. Right? I think so, but too. The difference is that, you know, David still, people are going to judge him now by how he sings now at 65 or however fucking old he is, go back and listen to the deep purple record that he was on. Go back and listen to the first white snake record. 
that dude was unfucking believable untouchable you know? untouchable yeah, so yeah. that's why i'd say it, it's not a fair uh it's hard you know when someone dies young like people forget that that's that nirvana record technically the third record in utero wasn't selling that well it was right. okay and then he dies and all of a sudden they're heralded as look whatever jane's addiction they broke up at the height of their fame. They come back and put out an okay record. Yeah. You know, it's fine. But it's great to, you know, better to burn out than fade away. It's a great lyric for a reason. Uh-huh. You, you got to see the the swap over between glam and then the... Yeah. I mean, the, there was a time when I was DJing at Limelight, 91, 92. There was this beautiful moment in rock history where it was okay to play Poison and Pearl Jam in the same set. And it was all fine. You know, and that was a wild moment before glam got the negative uh, connotation to it. Right. It was a great time. There was a, the 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 soundtrack. I always tell people look at because you'd be like, "Holy shit! How did this happen?" The last action hero soundtrack with um, Arnold Schwarzenegger. ACDC's on there with like um, Alice in Chains, and 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 um, there's a rap. There's like a it's a wild compilation of all things rock. And that showed you the last time it was cool where all rock was fine. Then it got very segmented. I'm yeah, I'm going to jam this Cypress Hill to fucking yeah. Megadeth to Alice. In Ch- wow. Okay. It's wild. Yeah. It was a wild time. Yeah. That was, a, that was the last time it was like cool to be anything rock. And then it transferred over. And that's when I stopped working in rock clubs because the party get drunk and get laid rock was replaced by the, Go home and do heroin and be miserable, Rock. <laughs> yeah, great music. Yeah. <laughs> great, great music, but a different energy. You're not going to a club to party to fucking rape me by Nirvana, you know? Yeah, exactly. I mean, I mean, depending on where you go, you know. Yeah, right? well, so, that's true. <laughs> I mean, that's my jam. That's yeah, my yeah. theme song. <laughs> All right. Second question, brother. The pillage question is what's the wildest story you have of stealing? Everybody's stolen something. Well, I mean, I guess it would be the story that I said was we were stealing everything. Oh, you know, yeah, and, good. <laughs> and uh, the cops came and, and busted us, you know, the FBI. And how many people on the show, I'm sure, were busted by the that's, FBI? That's the first <laughs> FBI exactly. story, yeah. yeah. Uh, so that's probably <laughs> my story that I would stick with as far as crazy, as, as far as, you know, actual. Like we would get modems, which you don't really need to worry about anymore with Ethernet. And we would just charge it to some random fucking company, you know. We That's would, it, it was a wild time. And, and, and I remember like when we got busted, my dad was not angry because they knew what we were doing. My dad was happy that our phone bill was $3. A month. He didn't <laughs> yeah, fucking yeah. care, you know? So when it happened, it was like, all right, well, I guess we got to get a lawyer. You know, like we, we, just, we got away with don't it. Don't get fucking caught, Ralph. Oh, yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah, so, <laughs> and then because we were kids, we got out of a technicality because we were like 15. So at one point it was going to be like, oh shit, they said, three years in jail and a $300,000 fine. But then they like, my father got a good lawyer. We were back and forth. We had to like fucking get rid of everything and blah, blah, blah. And agree not to do it again. And then it just got dropped. Fucking. Wow. Yeah. That's solid. That's. I mean, do, <clears throat> do you come from money in the way that it was able to get just like, kind of taken care of or my dad had money for sure. Okay. But, um, my parents got split when I was four. Okay. So I lived with my mom who did not have money and I would see my dad on the weekends who did have money. Okay. So it was an interesting dichotomy of, you know, uh, seeing wealth and then coming home and seeing, you know, I would say low middle class, maybe, you know, like, did, so it was did an you ever come dichotomy. home with something and your mom shit on it? Like, what the fuck? That type of thing? No, no. She was, you know, it was funny that she actually was happy that we got to experience it all. You okay. know, 
And actually, it's funny, like my dad did get me a car when I was graduating high school. Like, that's amazing, right? Fuck yeah. And it was a brand new car. Wild. But I went to school in Coney Island. I don't need people to know that I have a fucking brand new car. <laughs> you know, so I wouldn't drive it to school. I oh, don't shit. fucking need them to see it, you know, because yeah. it's just going to start problems, you know. Um, but um, yeah, I, I realized as a, as a white dude, you know, and they came from somewhat uh, decent means, I realized how fucking lucky that is, you yeah, know, and I was able to take chances because of that, you know, like I knew that I probably wasn't going to be homeless, you know, yeah. if I fucking. And I remember when I left, I was making good money in, in the restaurant industry and had the strip club thing. I was 29. I'm like, I'm going to go make $6 an hour in radio because I wasn't married. I didn't have kids. I knew that worst case scenario was just going to fall on me. And I wasn't going to, you know, I'd be probably be okay. So I was able to take that risk. And okay, I realized man. I'm fortunate for that. You know? Hell yeah, dude. That's yeah, yeah. Man, it's fucking awesome. All right, last thing, and then we're done. I listened to you on Michael Malice. It was about, I don't know, oh, five, year, ago, yeah. five years yeah. old. Yeah. You were really breaking down podcasting, right? Just telling them, you know, what you would change here and there. What would you change about the podcast you were just on just now? Oh, that's a good question. I like that question. Well, um, first of all, we're live, right? We're live to YouTube. Correct. Do you, I would say that it'd be nice to have some, I don't know if you can do that through this. Um, some lower third graphics for who's on what, you know, like to show each other's gotcha. names and stuff. That okay. would be nice. Right. I would say that, um, I, you know, and it's perfect because I, I forgot, uh, your name, uh, on the Hurley. bottom. <laughs> uh, uh, oh, Josh, left, Josh, Josh, Hurley. I know your name, but Josh, um, <laughs> left twice while we were doing the show. Yeah. Uh, and that's weird. Right. Because <laughs> he got a phone call, right. Is that or something? So, like all of a sudden, I'm like, "Oh shit, uh, Josh is not on camera right now. What happened?" Right? So, <laughs> yeah, I just kind of dipped down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So those those two things are things I would change. Hell that's yeah. The, the, yeah. Okay, that's that's good constructive criticism. We'll run with that yeah. shit for sure. Your, your okay. mic quality is good. You're both about the same level of microphone, which I think is good. The audio quality okay. is good. Um, I like uh your lighting, Hurley, better than I like Josh. I don't mean the shit on you, Josh, but your lighting is more even nope. than. Nope. You know, so you should just get a ring and uh, look a little brighter. Um, and uh, so that, that Burley yeah. should that Burley no, should no, get? Burley's Burley's light is good. Yeah, your light's not great. Oh, then I, my okay, All right. because your light is very dark behind you. His is more even tone. Okay. That's that's my that's my dark ass closet. But I can like change the. We can work with that. Yeah. Oh, that that looked the, for a second there. It looked a little more. Uh, Wait, natural. which one? Wait, which one? It was like an orangey. <laughs> like, I gotta go remember back. which one. Not that one. He, there you go. There that go. looks much more natural, right? Do you agree? I agree. Look how much more natural he looks. I agree. I agree. He has I, think, some I thought that's the one I had it on, but I don't. Yeah. I have no idea. Yes, some yeah, color to your face now. Okay. Yeah. 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 Well, there Hell you yeah. go. There, those are right. those are my those I are my. I gotta remember that one then. Okay. Yeah. I also like Harley. You have like interesting little things in your background. I need to fix this. I still. I only do this for for zooms. Like for obviously not. I mean obviously for zooms. But I need to figure out a better background for myself. But I'm in the mo in the process of redecorating my whole apartment. So oh, yeah. it's kind of like a shit show right now over here. So I, I just it is what it is. It's, it's fucking dude. We we enjoyed every second you're on tonight, dude. I really appreciate it. Uh, I just, yep. I, I definitely want me. I want you on again in the future. I want to hear some more rock star stories. We didn't even get to yeah, those. Some, so. <laughs> there's some crazy ones. There are some crazy ones. Yeah, I, I really am. You know, I realize that I was fortunate to. Be a part of a lot of things that we got to see the breakdancing world, 
the nightclub industry, which I was in part of for a long time, that doesn't really exist in New York anymore. You know, strip club industry that was so huge for a while. It's not important anymore. Yeah, we didn't even get to roll. talk about the monkey business crew or anything yeah, that, like that. And then yeah. also I hosted like tons of rock festivals and crazy shit like that. I was on stage in front of 50,000 people at, at uh, hosted the Sturgis rally for six years. You know, so I am very aware that I am fucking lucky and fortunate. In fact, the reason why I stopped hosting Shiprock for a couple of reasons, but one of them was I felt at, after I did it for 10 years, 11 really, because one year they skipped, there's some 25-year-old kid that would give his fucking right arm to host. Yeah. And I'm doing it because I've done it for 10 years and I feel like I need to do it. So I said, you probably should go get some fucking hungry guy that's doing a rock show in Texas or Iowa, whatever, that would fucking love doing this instead of doing it out of obligation. Oh, yeah. All right. Brother, I appreciate it. Thank you very much, dude. And uh, again, I'll see you next time. All right. All right. Thank you guys for having me. Thank you hey, very sure. much. That was great, man. Thanks for all, all the information you gave. Later, I'm going to go have sex. With, I'm going to go have sex with yeah, a girl right now. Fuck that bitch. <laughs> That's fucking awesome. <laughs> Later, brother. <laughs>